now that we've kind of talked about it, it makes sense why you had to work around your life, doesn't it? Totally. Totally. Actually, very normal. Yeah. Right. What would you do differently? I think I would almost like harness. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got Matt Cermak with me. What's up, Ev? It's great to be back. I'm very excited about this episode because we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce her, Ev? Would you like to introduce her? First time, long time listener, first time caller. We've got Tara Singer, my wife, making her first appearance on the part train. Tara, welcome aboard. Thank you. It's good to be here. She is very excited, but also probably a little nervous. Okay, but before we get to this conversation, if you guys are new, welcome aboard. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We unpack the mental game with anyone from a PGA Tour pro to a sports psychologist and a golfer like you and me, including my wife, Tara, who I would guess is what, about a 13 handicap? As of today, 13.5. 13.5 handicap. Not bad. Um. I think before we actually, before we get to this intro and kind of going through what we're going to talk about today, I got to talk about what I found in the mail when I got back from Europe, Sarm. Okay. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but everybody that's listening needs to know this. I finally got to try on the Roback crewnecks, sweaters, the Roback pants, even threw a couple Roback hoodies in there and- it's I'm the one-two punch. It's the one-two punch. I'm blown away. I'm so blown away that tomorrow I'm going to the University of Arizona where I went to college. I'm going to speak at the business school and I'm wearing a Roback polo underneath a Roback crew neck with Roback pants well, on stage. Ev, I think that's incredible. And congrats on going back to your alma mater. Probably <laughs> played my last round on Saturday, 42 for a high, Roback long sleeve polo with the new crew neck over oh. the top. With the pants, shot 71. This heard of it? It's there's something about it. I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you love it. Guys, you got to check this stuff out. The pants are so comfortable. The pants are incredible. Honestly, roback.com, enter the code train, get 15% off. Thanks to Roback. We got to get to introducing today's conversation because we suggested it this week. We're sitting at our kitchen table, and I said, you know what? We were talking about this would make a great episode. Tara, do you want to make your debut on the par train? And she was like, mm, I don't know. This is not, this is your thing. I don't know if I'm as comfortable, but we're going to unpack your experience at the old course of St. Andrews because a lot of stuff came up. Mm-hmm. We're going to dig into it. We're going to unpack it. And I think everyone's going to be able to relate to this. You actually had one of the worst rounds, if not the worst round of your life. She's been playing golf, what, since you were four? Four or five, yeah. Four or um, five. High school team. Varsity captain. Varsity captain. In Outdrives Outdri- Evan. I mean, well, I wouldn't well, that far. Let's, <laughs> I've seen it. Let's not get crazy. But she does hit a lower ball. So 40 mile the, per hour wins, it can't happen. She could, yeah. Tara can play. Let's just dive in here. I first want to start, Tara, give us the background of you as a golfer, your relationship to the game, how long you've been playing. Well, I guess we just said since you've been, since you were four. You kind of had a break there. Then you met me and your attitude when playing. Just give us an overall overview and background of you as a golfer. Yeah. So I started playing, like I said, when I was four or five, my dad just got me into some lessons and I immediately fell in love with the game. It came really naturally to me too. And I remember growing up, going and playing golf like three, four times a week, always on the driving range with my friends. And it was just a really light and easy activity for me. It never had any pressure. It never felt very serious. It was just always really like easygoing and fun. Even in high school golf, like I was never in high school golf to, you know, get a scholarship or like really make something of it. It was me and my friends having fun on the driving range and going around to different courses and playing in different tournaments. And again, just always has been this very like light, fun experience for me. And I think To this day, like you see that in my golf game in that I can go like weeks without playing and then I get out there and I just like hit the golf ball and I don't think anything of it. And it just comes very easy to me. After high school, went off to college and I'd say like as a female in golf, it's not easy to find people who want to like go out and hit the golf course with you. So 
I went a decade not playing golf throughout college and a little bit afterward. And then I met Evan and um, decided to pick it back up again. And again, just has been very fun getting back into it. Evan plays often and I probably join him like once or twice a month, if that. If I'm lucky, probably once a month if I'm lucky. Yeah, I would say so. And yeah, it's been really fun getting back into it. It's been fun also to bring Evan back to like my hometown where I learned golf. And, and get she grew home. up on the course, by the way. Her and house is on the third hole. Your family likes to play, golf. right? Your yeah, dad my likes to play. dad's a big golfer. He plays a few times a week. So when we go back home, Evan and I will play with my dad on the course that I grew up playing on. It's just- Which was my dream, by the way. I'd always dreamed of meeting a girl whose dad plays and kind of have that bond. It's even better that they live on the course. He's got his own cart. And we can like go down. It's like a dream. They've dream got everything com- they need there. Dream come French true. Fries it's the a dream come true. And have a good time. But here's the funny thing, though. That's great context. The funny thing is she's never really had, as she alluded to, kind of a negative experience with the game. It's also kind of interesting, as I've observed, as a woman, like even when I we I was joking with her, sir, I'm like the last like 10 rounds for her, probably five have been in the top 50 on the world ranking. Like she played the, the courses, the yeah. courses. Unbelievable. Like she yeah. played Cyprus with me on our mini moon. That was she awesome. played Royal Dornick old course at St. Andrews. Um, where King's else? Barnes. King's Barnes. Like she's played in amazing places and she's like, yeah, these are, these are great, but like, whatever, like she, she's not getting into it. But the funny thing that I find with her being a, a woman is she didn't play good at Cyprus, neither did I. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. As a woman, they were so enamored with how she hit the driver that like they were almost shocked that she could hit it long and hit it good, which is weird, by the way. Like she's been playing her whole life. Why wouldn't she be able to? But the expectation maybe your lower. expectations for you are lower. So therefore you don't have you didn't put a lot of expectation on yourself whether to make a score, because people are marveling at you just to be able to hit the ball, which I find very fascinating. Well, I think, Tara, interested to get your take on it. I think a lot of men, we don't play a lot of golf with women, right? And then they're really impressed and you're kind of like, thanks, but okay, guys. Like, and they're not trying to be, I I mean, I can't speak for everybody, they're not trying to be sexist. It just comes across as like, wow, this is like really shocking when it really shouldn't be. But I do, but it's just, and I don't know. I think not only you, you hit it long, you hit pretty straight too. So it's like, you know, they're watching somebody in their group. They never thought they'd play with hit it more consistent. Yeah. It's like, I probably should be more offended than I am because it's actually like allows me to feel a little more free. I think yeah. because people have little expectations of me because they see I'm a woman and they assume I'm not going to be good at golf. And then I go out there and I like crush my drive and they're like, well, this is amazing. And I could have like the worst round ever. Like I did at Cyprus. I played like pretty horribly, but I had a few good drives and people were still like so impressed with me. And so like- and she birdied one of the hardest holes and everybody was like up in arms. Do yeah. you think your whole program, let me ask you this, your high school team, because I'm not saying all female programs in high school are casual. There's a lot that they take it really seriously. <laughs> they're trying to get scholarships. Well, like yeah. they're fighting for a state championship. But do you think your program, because not every program can get really great players and some are a little bit more casual was your program like that growing up definitely it was definitely casual um there were definitely good players on the team for sure who like had like our number one player she definitely could have like gone and played in college but i would say they struggled to get girls to join the team more than they like had these like amazing players so you think that goes into the lack of expectations you put on yourself Maybe is that environment um, of like I'm just happy that you can hit it far and straight and that you're here, so that you never had this like pressure to shoot a certain score or get to a certain handicap. Yeah, it probably also helps my parents were never like helicopter parents with sports. Like I think if you have one of those parents, like Tiger Woods' dad, for example, where they're like the sport is your life and like you need to achieve. Right. Like my parents just weren't like that. They like just wanted me to like do something that was enjoyable and like if I didn't like it anymore, then like I could move on with my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely was environment that led to have it be like a very fun and casual light thing for me. Well, before we dig in to St. Andrews, I, I want to ask you, cause have we asked this to a lot of guests 
And you've alluded to it already, especially earlier on in life. But let's fast forward now, right? These last couple of years, especially being with Evan. So if you had to sum it up, Sarah, why do you play golf? Like I said, I think you've talked about it a little bit growing up, but maybe answer that in uh, for the last couple of years in present day. Really good question. Um, I would say present day for me is a lot about like just being outside and in the fresh air and doing something active. Yep. Um, growing up, it was probably more the like oohs and ahs I would get when I would play well. Um, like I definitely thrived off that and thrived off being like one of the better players on the team and like being noticed for that. Sure. Which now like that's still fun, but like it's usually just me and Evan out there having fun. So that's more about just like enjoying my surroundings and being outside in the sunshine for you should see Tony, her dad, when she smashes a drive, he's like belly laughing. It's the greatest thing in the world for him. And it's one of the greatest things in the world for me. Like I was on the couch one day and talking to her about this new takeaway thought I had. And she's like, why are you always changing your swing? I haven't thought about changing my swing once in, you know, 20 20 years. Takeaway thoughts. There's too many, but, but to button that up, Okay, so to be outside in nature, doing something active, and to spend quality time with your family—that's Evan and yeah. your dad, for example. So I think that's yeah. great. Like I think, you know, uh, Tara, we ask this to a lot of people, and it's it's kind of a dead in your tracks moment sometimes. Like, why? Why do I play? So that's like, like that's really cool and really healthy. Now, obviously, yeah. we're going to get into some maybe some challenges you had in a round, which is part of golf. But I think that's awesome context. But I think this is so great because so many of our listeners were always talking about struggle on the show. So for you to be sharing really your first encounter with struggle at the Mecca of golf, I think it's going to be, I know you're nervous to talk about it, but I think our listeners are going to absolutely love this because there's going to be things that is going to be applicable for everybody. Now, before we get into the round at St. Andrews, we need to give a little bit of context around some of the struggles Tara's had health-wise going into this round because that had a big impact kind of her experience there. So give people a little bit of context with your autoimmune disease for the last year. She basically, you haven't been able to play golf more than once or twice in the last year going into St. Andrews. So give people some context there because we're going to connect the dots once we go to St. Andrews in a second. Yeah, so probably could be a super long story, but I'll just make it a quick cliff notes on what's been going on. Um, I woke up one morning, probably a year and a half ago, and my toes on my right foot had just stopped bending. Um, And I was working with some doctors to figure out what might be going on, kind of getting the run around a little bit. And then Evan and I got COVID the day before our honeymoon. Um, Evan tested positive. And um, I had like a really rough case of COVID. I tested positive for like 30 days. And then shortly after my foot that had already been having those weird restriction issues started getting really painful and swollen and turning purple and going cold. I talk about like scary. We were on our honeymoon and I was, we were having lunch with the guy who built Tara Edie and TRI links. And she was afraid like her foot had turned like purple and it was cold and that was the first time that would ha- that had happened. We're in a foreign country and she's wondering, she's not saying anything because she's a sweetheart and she's like concerned about messing up like a business lunch. But like in the back of her mind, she's wondering like, am I going to have to like, is my foot in danger of yeah, like, am I going to lose my foot? Is a, like, is there a hospital I could go to just a lot? Just, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. ended up going to urgent care to, right yeah, after that lunch in New right. Zealand. Um, so all of that has kind of happened right in the background. She's been doing great. We found her medication, something neither of us ever wanted to be on, but like is kind of last resort. Mm -hmm. Like, let's try and get this autoimmune thing under control. So she hasn't been able to walk long distances. Yeah, I will say it was three months where I was like on a scooter or on crutches, like totally unable to walk at all. And then I've been doing a lot of physical therapy um, and working up to being able to walk long distances again. But up until probably right before our trip, I wasn't doing more than like 30 minutes to an hour max on my foot. And it's kind of like a a fatigue thing. Like it's fine for walking the first 30 minutes, but then like the longer and longer I walk, like it just starts to get really painful and the foot starts to get really uncomfortable, which 
leads into St. Andrews. So we're so we're in St. Andrews. Her foot's doing well, but she still doesn't know I haven't been playing. And you got to remember, it's her right foot. Mm-hmm. And through the stuff with her foot has come some instability and maybe some weakness in her ankle. So imagine being a right-handed golfer, not playing golf for a year, once or twice in the last year, yeah. and you're afraid to really push off and really fire through your right ankle, right? So there's some there's some question marks there. But going into St. Andrews, I'd been talking to Stocky, a local caddy who follows us and was nice enough to put our names in to help us try and get on the old course on my birthday, which we did, which was amazing, through the local ballot. So there's a locals ballot. If you go on that, you have a better chance. There's less people. They have links tickets, they're called, where you can get on. And then there's obviously the tourist visitors ballot, which is harder to get on. We hear the day before, I think it was, that we got, or maybe a couple of days before, I think we heard on Saturday, we're playing on Monday, that we're in. We got in. Best, um, best call you can ever get, right? Best, best text ever, right? The morning of, on my birthday, we're at breakfast. I'm getting WhatsApp messages from Stocky that says, hey man, got some weird news. The old course accidentally gave out ballot times that were later than they should have been. So we got a 3.30 tee off, right? Apparently they shouldn't have teed off after three. The reason for that is people that work there and the cart barn and everything, because we needed to get a, I forgot to say, we applied for a buggy, what they call a cart, so that she could play. They said, there's only a couple. Luckily, we got one. That was a big question mark because we weren't sure if there was going to be one available. We got well, one the day before. And as, good. as you know, the walking culture in Europe and the UK, everybody walks. Right. Totally. Right. And right. I, right. I knew that going into it. Right. And I kind of told Evan, like, I'm happy to sit out some courses. Right. And like the ones that will allow me with the doctor's note to play with a uh, with a cart, like I'm there. It, it just kind of adds a little bit to you, like just the uneasiness you're dealing with her like yeah and she doesn't want to seem like yeah i'm being difficult i need extra help she's already a woman this part male dominant sport didn't this part that detail just it just doesn't help let's be honest right so it's like a psychological piece around like totally i want to feel able and i want to feel like this like strong woman um showing up to these golf courses so that that also like adds like an element of friction so here's the tricky part we get the cart, I get the message on the morning that says, hey, because you're teeing off later than you should, they want to take the cart back because the people that work at the cart barn, they're going to be gone. And apparently, at first I'm like, we're not going to like drive into a bunker. Like we're, we're fine, but there's been some bad actors over the years with Which I'm literally drunk. driven into a bunker, Stocky told us. What do you mean? Someone actually. Oh, yeah. Someone actually drove into a bunker and they're like, we can't let carts on the course when the sun's going down. And you don't want to drive into a pot bunker. No, that cart. It's not getting out. It's not getting out. So because of that reason, they're like, you can't have a cart anymore. Right. And now I'm like, well, fuck, like, obviously, I want to play the old course for my birthday. But the whole thing of it was to play with Tara. And so she's like being so sweet. She's like, don't worry about it. I'll wait for you on the 18th. I'm like, no, we're going to figure out a way for you to play. So Stocky, the caddy being amazing as he is, talk to the guy and he's like, convince them, give us the cart for the front nine. Someone will meet us on number 10 and bring it in while it's still light. Now, how did you feel honestly when you heard that? There sounded like there was still some uneasiness because you still haven't walked yeah, even like holes. the idea of walking nine holes, because in my mind, I'm like, that's like two and a half hours of walking. Um, I haven't done that yet. So it was just hard to find like me being okay with one, okay, I'm going to walk two and a half hours, but two, now my mind went to not only that, but there's no carts out there then to come rescue me if I can't make it back. Like, suppose that they're all going home and locked up and that's that. And so, you know, I learned that the old course is you work your way away from the town and you work your way back. And I'm like, I'm going to be way out there. And the only way to get back is on my two feet. Um, so it definitely brought a lot of anxiety. I'm trying I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. I want to play. I want a cart. I hate the scene that we have to deal with about me getting a cart. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, 
you know what? I don't even want the cart, but at the same time, I might need it. And I want to go hit a good golf shot and have a great time with Evan. Yeah. And it's just right at this, and by the way, sir, at the most special golf course in the world that you should be so just kind of at ease, but you're not. Yeah. And by the way, we should say before we started, oh, they got worse <laughs> 15 minutes before we teed off the woman in the car area questioned the doctor's note oh. and said, uh, is this I like, I will show you MRIs. I will show you bones. And then <laughs> that just makes you mad. Yeah. So now I'm like, I got anxiety. I've got fear. I've got a little bit of anger. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I know we haven't gotten into the round yet. And I know this has been a little bit of a long lead up, but I want people to kind of frame this conversation with this in mind. So many times we've talked about on this show, the belief that I should be enjoying myself more is the thing that can make the frustration, the, the anger, the sadness feel worse because you keep the narrative is you shouldn't be feeling this. This is Evan's favorite place in the world. It's supposedly the the greatest golf course, one of the greatest golf courses in the world, the home of golf. It's Evan's birthday. We're playing on his birthday. Yes, we've got a lot of wind, but it's sunny. There was a rainbow over the course. We stayed at the Rustics Hotel the night before. Like it should be the shoulds, right? It shouldn't feel like this, right? But it now, does. But it does. <laughs> And so, and all that buildup, Ev, right, makes it tough. To build up, right? And I think this is what gets us into some trouble. So, take people through the beginning of the day. Talk about the challenges with the cart, right? Because even though she had the cart, yeah, there were some challenges with the cart. And I want to figure out for the listeners and our passengers here what got in your way. Why? Because I wanted to tell. Uh, Stocky and our other guy, Fred, that we were playing with two local caddies. I'm like, you guys don't understand. I've never seen her play like this. Yeah, This is like, she never plays like this. Well, I came out the gate like real hot. Oh yeah. I, striped, striped or drive. I part the first hole, but I will say that was also like a that. psychological thing. Cause like after they tried to deny, deny me the cart and I'm on the first tee with the cart and I know people look at me, I look totally able. I'm young. Why do I have a golf cart at the old course? So there's this part of me that was like, I'm going to crush this drive because I need to prove to them that line. It was offensive. Yeah. She wanted to prove them wrong. It wasn't a poor me Mm -hmm. in your own frustration. It was, I'm going to be, I'm going to show them that you don't need to worry about me. I know how to play this game. Yeah. And she played the hole better than all of us on the first hole. And then it all spiraled out of control. The next couple holes, I just was, I I couldn't hit the ball straight to save my life, which is like very rare for me. Like I'm I'm a very consistent hitter. Um, My short game is where I, and like around the greens is where I tend to have my score go up, but my driver and my irons have always been so strong and they were going right. And then they were going left. And the problem with that was with the golf cart, it had like rules on it, where if I went out of the fairway, it would Yeah, it kind of was weird. The, the cart had a screen and it had like Mad. virtual reality zones that she had to stay within. Yeah. And I remember her number one. It's actually kind she, of a, a nice feature, but I, I know this is going to get frustrating because typically in America, it just stops when it stops. You don't, you, you don't know the boundaries, right? but it's more to think about, especially with what everything you're dealing with. It just is like, Okay, enough, right? Well, but she doesn't like, want she doesn't yeah. want to number one, she's doesn't want to bring more attention to herself as the girl that's in the cart. And two, she definitely doesn't want to drive in a place where she's not supposed to. Yeah. Three, right, she couldn't drive the cart to where her ball was because it was going sideways. And now she's walking more than she thought she was gonna need to. Yeah. Anyways. And so my whole like thought was, okay, I can like conserve my walking when I have the cart on the first nine. So then I can make it back on the back nine when I lose the cart. But because I played so horribly, I was walking so much on the front nine, chasing my ball and military golf. Right and also, left, yes. right, left, right. Oh, it was so painful. Um, and then I'm obviously getting in my head about it. And then I start like hitting even worse. I mean, it was just all over the place. All right, stay seated. The train is going to make a quick stop, but don't fret. I got something you're going to love, and then we'll get the train right back on track. You've heard me talk about Whoop, but this is not like the others, okay? I just asked the Whoop app, hey, Whoop, what happens to my health stats 
on days that I golf. They got this new AI feature. You wouldn't believe what it spit out to me in literally five seconds. It says, your golf activities have some interesting patterns. Here's a breakdown. Your average golf activity lasts about an hour, 43 minutes. It's registering at nine holes, and then it'll give me another register. So this is pulling nine holes. You typically hit a strain of 8.4 during these activities. You spend around 34 minutes and 56 seconds in the restorative zone during each session. So I'm keeping that heart rate low. I'm staying relaxed, even though I'm stressed out there over a tough shot. Your average heart rate during golf is 108 beats per minute with a max of 144 beats per minute. You burn around 470 calories during each golf activity. Remember, these are averages from your 47 recorded golf activities. Love seeing that. Keep up the good work and don't forget to hydrate. What else can Whoop assist you with today? I mean, how awesome is that? I honestly can't imagine my life without my Whoop band. Here's the beauty of this. You don't even have to spend any money. All I ask you is to go to join.whoop.com slash partrain and get a free Whoop. That's it. How nice am I? Get a free Whoop, no money down, try it for a month, and I bet you, I'll make a little bet with you, you're going to absolutely love it, okay? I can't imagine my life without it. I love getting my sleep stats, my strain stats. My Whoop's been telling me, hey, man, you need to like take some rest days, okay? My recovery hasn't been very high because every day I'm walking like 15,000 to 20,000 steps. So join.whoop.com slash partrain. Get a free Whoop for a month and start understanding your health and feel better about yourself after you golf because it's actually really good for our health. All right, let's get back to the show. Now, the thing that most people will be able to relate to, not everybody can relate to the health issue that you've been going through and not being able to walk, but what everybody can relate to is something feels a little off. You haven't played in a while. You're fighting an injury and you're afraid to swing how you normally do, which is probably why you were missing it in ways you never have before, because you were afraid to finish through your right ankle to your left side. You were kind of protecting it. Yeah. And that alone can be challenging. Not not to mention seeing misses you've never seen before. Agreed. It was physically and mentally I was in my head about my swing because I feel like a lot of my, totally, I feel like a lot of my power comes from my rotation. And since I wasn't feeling like I could fully rotate through, I just think that that's what was causing the ball. Like my club face wasn't closing. And so it would go flying to the right. And then vice versa, I would like try and rotate more than normal. And it was just. She historically hit to draw, sir. So seeing her hit. Wish I could do that. Dead rights, you know, is unusual for her. So let's talk about what's going on in your head. Because like you said at the beginning, you've never really had. And by the way, I think this is funny because she's seen me struggle on the golf course and feel really down and frustrated. And I bet you, you never really fully understood it. I would agree. I, I would actually have a, this isn't you by any means, but other people I've golfed with historically, like I have, like, I'm very uncomfortable when people get like very upset on the golf course because you're not the only one. Yeah. yeah, I can also like, feel like I can't relate because I'm like, it's just a game. Like, <laughs> right. But but now I like totally get it more because I really just like, I was really aware of my thought patterns and how negative they were out there. I was being like so much self-judgment about like one, not being able to walk, but two, like hitting the ball all over the place and just two, like playing in front of strangers and like such an important place. And I just was like, oh, I was totally spiraling and like, so much negative self-talk. I think what I really find interesting about this Ev, is, so Tara, you look at your all the rounds prior to this, right? Feeling good, looking forward to the round, no issues with carts or people, and you don't have any expectations, right? Typically when people uh, are in that position where they feel good, they like the course, they have all the expectations. I am primed and ready to go. And then a lot of times, oh, I'm hurt. Oh, this is just not my day. I'm just gonna, just whatever. You know, it just I'm de- I'm kind of just destined to play poor, and sometimes expectations just go down. You kind of had a real reverse here. Maybe talk through that a little bit, that and, and maybe as you kind of look back at it, huh? Like it was maybe some of the learnings a little bit, and maybe it's Are just kind of looking because you. of the proving herself that she belongs because of all the cart stuff. And you know, I think what what I'm picking up from saying is that. 
you would think that given I had an injury and all these things going on, I would have had more self-compassion for myself. Like, right. Maybe I'm just going to play bad because to play well, I can't make anyway. the swings physically, but whatever, yeah. but it was actually the opposite. You really, mm. and I, and I, I get it, but just interested to hear you reflect on, you know, this is yeah. the moment where you got really down on yourself as a player, which you don't ever do. Yeah. Um, this is the magic of the train. How does it feel to be on board? You feel good? <laughs> it feels good. It's like therapy session. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amateur therapist here. <laughs> but that's interesting, right? Yeah. No, it really because is. Because when people are like, oh, like I was playing with somebody, I played somebody last week and wasn't playing good in the first six holes and he said, back's been bothering him. He's had a back injury. So it's just like, this is what it is. Got the back injury. I'm not supposed to play good today. You know, yeah. that's where you're kind of like, man, I really... Maybe it was because you had that great first hole. Like I could do this, but really this, just the odds were stacked against you physically. Um, and then situationally, you know, unfairly, maybe a little bit too. Yeah. Um, you know what I wonder? But it got you most down. Yeah. I, I, I'd get curious taking this a step further. I wonder if your expectations or your desire to hit better shots was driven by not wanting to have to walk long distances, not wanting to have to continually go back and forth to the cart. Like you're usually you don't care about missing yeah. it because that doesn't impact your ability to walk or get to the ball. Yeah. But knowing that the cart was going to be taken at hole 10 and you're like stressed about where you can drive it and you're stressed if you're blowing your load per se. Totally. Um, with walking in the front nine before you even get to the back nine it seemed like maybe the back nine was looming you're already scared about being able to make it in and by the way not just make it in but if i know this girl like i do i bet you she cared more about not wanting to be an inconvenience or disruptor to me and the group yeah. at such an amazing place right. right totally like do you think the expectations to hit a straight shot was driven by that yeah it was literally i would get like the the back nine was looming over me from the first hole like i was so nervous yeah. about them taking that card away from me from the second we got there and then agreed that when i was hitting it all over the place my the only thing i was thinking about is like man this is making me walk so much more than i even needed to um and i think that that just led to like that was what i was focused on and so like i just kept doing it over and over again because we had golfed a couple times before that, um, once with your family and then once just the two of us, just like get me back in the swing of things. Before yeah, King Barnes was the first round we played together, but we had a cart the whole time. And I think you played pretty good. Yeah, more decent for sure. I mean, you still had some misses. You weren't thing, but it wasn't like anywhere like this. The St. Andrews round, was it cold and windy? It was windy. Okay. So this is what I want to talk about a, with you, Tara. I was going to say, this is an important piece too. I'm very actually interested to get your takeaways here because, you know, you grew up in California, known to have a lot of good weather when you play golf and I'm jealous. I'm jealous of you, <laughs> but I'm sure you've played in wind, but this is different, right? Not only is it oh, wind, a whole different it's the course used layout. To wind <laughs> impacted the ball. You used to believe that wind doesn't impact the ball. That's the most uh, LA thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Because for context, I used to tell her we got like 15 miles an hour of wind, take an extra club and she'd hit it over the green and she'd be like, I told you, but to be fair, she hits the ball really solid and she hits a little oh, bit of sure. a lower ball. Right. So Which wind kinda... probably didn't impact her as much as it impacted me. After Scotland, I, I believe in wind for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you, next time you go, you're, you're, you're be feeling better. Hopefully in the situation will be set up better for you. But what did you learn about? playing in the wind in these conditions and as a female golfer playing in scotland like you got to run the ball up like you've got to hit mm -hmm. it low you've got to be putting off the green talk about maybe that because you, evan's been over there you haven't in terms of yeah. really playing yeah it was definitely a huge learning curve for me um because like point, even in sir. scotland like you had to take the wind into consideration in your putts the wind is so crazy i would hit my normal shot that I do in like California, if I'm like laying up, I'm using my 60 degree and just fly right sure. up onto the green, but it would literally fly like backwards. Um, and then I learned, okay, you can't use that club here. <laughs> um, so yeah, Evan like coached me through a lot of that. Interestingly though, on the St. Andrews round, 
the wind was very overwhelming for me from like a sensory perspective. I it's, think because I was so disorienting. I was so overwhelmed with everything going on with the cart and everything. And the wind was so loud. I remember yeah, like couldn't someone, hear I couldn't everybody. hear any because I'm I'm kind of like on my own oh, in this yeah. cart and everyone's on the green. And I'm like coming up to be with them, but they're talking and I can't even hear anything. So the wind definitely added like a disorienting is the perfect word. I felt like I was like in like a weird tornado the well, whole time too. It's a, it's it's amazing because you were disoriented from the get, the get go for all the reasons we've explained. Then you throw on these conditions. I remember playing in college, like if I'm in a qualifying round, I'm playing against my teammates to try to get into a tournament to travel. If I had a bad day at class or a bad like something, and then you go in and play in these cold, windy conditions, it is just you're already disoriented, going into more disorientation, and it, it's it's a it can be a lonely feeling because you're just feeling yes. beat down. Every mistake's magnified and you just can't seem to snap out of it. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. So that's a good it's, point. It's, it's, it's eye opening. It's probably it's the hard. only time she's felt isolated. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about her experience with the game before, it didn't matter what she did. She hits one amazing drive, people are singing her praises. Right. Um, yeah. She, she's point. such a sweet, you know, good looking girl that like it, it we usually play with like older men and they're like, loving the chance to talk to her and like they're they're just happy that she's out there and that she plays but isn't it interesting that for the first time in her life she felt isolated out there and the impact and the identification with your bad shots because of what it meant to your health and and slowing others down and creating an issue for the group, even though it wasn't, but in your own head, it felt that way. Yeah. This is why I wanted to bring Tara on because it's like, it doesn't matter who you are, how long you've played, how good you are. No one is protected from it. This is the power of the stuff that goes on in our minds. Mm -hmm. And it's so powerful that she had probably the most stressful, non-enjoyable round at the place you would hope to have the greatest enjoyment and experience at and that what better way what better reminder that this dictates this of the experience right your mind dictates your experience and so let me ask you this knowing what you know now let's go back to saint andrews okay we're teeing off yep everything that happens happens okay like the same stuff happens but if you were going in and you were stepping into your body, we've actually never asked anyone this on the show before, so we should probably ask people this more often. If you were going to step into your body, knowing what was happening, you yeah. knew what was going to happen. What new mindset, what would you be saying to yourself? What would you do differently? How would you handle that situation now? Knowing that we've kind of unpacked, you know what happened, you know, I mean, now that we've kind of talked about it, it makes sense why you had the worst round in your life, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah, totally. Actually, very normal. Yeah. Right. What would you do differently? I think I would almost like harness my attitude in my favorite rounds of golf, which are like me and Evan and my dad out at Moraga Country Club getting fries at the turn. I Great think it's fries. like, I to Serm's point, I felt very lonely and isolated because I was in this cart alone the wind's so loud. I can't hear anybody. I'm disoriented. I'm in my own head and I'm like spiraling. I wasn't in my surroundings. Like I was saying like, why do I golf? I golf because I like being outside. I like being in the fresh air and being active. And I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was just so in my head, down on my swing, down on my shots, down on my score. And so I would try my best to pull myself out of that and just try and focus on the surroundings. And I mean, it was your birthday. I could have been like focusing on the magic of your birthday and your enjoyment instead well, I was like yeah. so in my own head I really I really like what you said about you're going to your favorite moment on the golf course which is at the turn with Evan and your dad eating fries at your home club and sometimes Evan, we have to do this kind of stuff it's easy to not do it like because it's just like it's like the happy Gilmore go to your happy place so it's like right thing. so if you if you are in Scotland next year because I'm sure Evan's got it on the calendar already for next year <laughs> you're coming you're gonna <laughs> So Shannon, she wants to go to Ireland. We got to talk about that the next episode, yeah. but right. You're going to be playing in bad weather again. Right. And you're going to, you're going to realize like, 
All right. I have something to lean on. If it's going bad and if I'm seeing golf shots, I've never seen in my life and I may not be hitting it that bad, but it's, I have something to lean on now. And that's probably just channeling what are my favorite memories and moments on the course. But well, even but you, that but too, like it's, it's a total learning experience because you just haven't had to deal with it. When most golfers are <laughs> like we talk about in the show, it's like, it's, it gets too important to us. We spiral, but then we got to like latch onto these things. So it's kind of, a, it's a cool breakthrough in that sense. Yeah, it totally is. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And one of our favorite sponsors created a product that I know so many of you guys have got, but I want to plug it again because there are still some sizes left. The par train glove with red rooster. It's at redroostergolf.com slash partrain. I've been getting so many messages about this is the softest glove. This is the most comfortable glove. This is the coolest glove that I've ever had. I love getting those messages. And there are some sizes left. We've got the partrain logo in green with a little enjoy the ride above my thumb, trying to hitchhike on those tracks because we wanted this glove to be designed in a way that it reminds you to enjoy the ride while you're playing. Everything that we make and we sell we do it to try and keep you on track. It's not just a, a utility of a good glove. Yes, it's that. It's not just looks good because it's a cool green on white design. Yes, it's also that. But it's a mental tool. It's something you can look down at. Sir Mac used to tell me he used to write stuff on his glove. It has the message on it. Enjoy the ride and it's going to keep you on track. So redroostergolf.com slash partrain and use the code train for 20% off redroostergolf.com slash partrain use the code train for 20% off all right let's get back to the show let me ask you this how do you feel differently about people that you've been around myself included that have had isolating frustrating moments on the course and you leave the course and you just it's all you can think about for the rest of the day what how do you feel about them now i definitely have like more sympathy i get it more i think especially like in the scenario where like you've been a good golfer for years or like you're used to seeing a certain kind of golf come out of your game. And then suddenly that's not there or suddenly you don't know where your swing is or what, what's going on. I can see where that would be like all consuming. I get it now. We're like, I don't know before I, I, I get it. Like I understood it, but I was kind of also still in this, like, eh, it's just a game. But I like also felt yeah. like that round also was like such a amplifier of like everything going on in my world in my life at the time. So I, I'm assuming it probably feels that way for everybody. How much of the struggle that you were going through internally was you frustrated with yourself versus you worried about what everybody else thought or what that meant for the for everybody else? I'd say it was about 50-50. Something we didn't mention that also added to some of the anxiety was the group behind us. Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you this, sir. It was so odd because three we, members. we were up on the group in front of us the whole round. Like we were never behind. We even were waiting on tee boxes. But the group behind us was like verbally yelling at us to oh, God. speed That's up. It's it worse. That's the quote of the, it gets worse, Tara. Like it gets worse, especially because <laughs> on the back nine, I lost my cart. And now I'm like limping all over the golf course and know these guys are like yelling at us for being slow, even though we're not being slow. They're a threesome, by the way. We're a foursome and we're fighting for daylight. Right. And they literally yelled at us when we shook hands on the 18th green at the, the old off. course at St. Andrews. How great clear is that? off the green. Yeah. So that aspect definitely added to it. I also felt like guilty because we played with Stocky and Fred who are like amazing and they're caddies, but like we hadn't hired them as caddies, but they ended up like caddying for me because I'm like limping around this golf and course. They're carrying yeah. my golf bag for me. They're trying to be, they're so sweet. Yeah. But I think that also added to like a little bit of my like, concern of what others think not that i was worried what they think but more like i just felt bad that they're like they're trying to enjoy their round too and now they're like worried about this getting this girl through her nine holes while she's limping around so yeah i would say it was about 50 50 because it was definitely like down on me my swing my golf my body yeah. and then the other half was definitely like thinking about the people behind us well probably still fuming about the woman who like said my doctor's note was fake so i mean you kind of went through you truly went through the ringer with it all this is just like a really, really just Unfortunately, really <laughs> difficult day for you. And it's no surprise it wasn't your day. I think, but what you probably learned, we've talked about what you learned from this is like, it can be so hard to center yourself on the golf course when it's crashing down. And yeah. in more ways than one, not that I just hit a bad shot. I've got the group behind us is terrible. I don't have a golf cart. <laughs> like, like getting back to center 
as tough as it is after just a bad shot and you throw all these things on it. I mean, most people would have walked off, but then you're like, where am I going to go? Right? Like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going into the yeah. ocean. Right. But like, I think it's, I think just a lot of people would have quit after nine. I think yeah. a lot of, you know, and you didn't do that. You know, like, I mean, that sincerely, like when it's not somebody's day and you have all these things, it's like, why do I want this much negativity in my life? Right. Yeah. But who would have thought I this would have been at St. Andrews, right? Like, I know. Well, I think it's a good reminder for everybody. Like, if you think about it, if you think about the culmination of all of this stuff, you've got the physical limitation. You're not playing like you normally do. You're not, you're seeing misses you're not used to seeing. You don't want to be a burden on the group. You kind of feel isolated. You're in a place you're not used to being. You're not sure where to go. You're thinking about your swing. You see how all of this stuff kind of cyclones together. I think the, so the real question, through. the real question is like, look, going back to that idea of like, if you were going to step back in to our, our passengers that are thinking about, it, I've gone through something like this, not exactly, but I felt this, I've gone through it. I, and I get off the course. I feel like I blacked out. I just had the worst day and I don't know why. I think the the real big takeaway for me, for everybody listening is remember, we've talked about our mental golf types and how, if I'm an extrovert, once I start to get quiet, it's kind of like my red flag that I'm moving into stress mode. And then you've got tools in your toolbox to basically get extroverted again, to charge your batteries and not drain your battery. Right. And some of those things are like, like you said, engaging with the group, focusing more on their game, Mm -hmm. asking about their shots, noticing the surroundings. I think the key is what can I do to get out of the spiral of my own thoughts? Right. And even shift your thoughts a little bit. Like maybe there was an expectation shift moment there where, okay, let's reflect on everything going on. This is really difficult. Yeah, it sucks that it's here, but it's here. So what a great story one day, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus more on Evan's shots. I'm going to focus more on learning about Stocky and Fred, two local caddies, two interesting guys. And I'm going to give myself grace. And the goal is going to hit one great shot coming in right? Maybe I'll even pick up a couple times if I'm starting to get tired, right? Giving yourself, it's almost like a, you're changing your goals, Mm -hmm. right? Tiger changes his goals to to shoot three under on the way in. Maybe some of us need to change our goals of expectations and change our plan, Yeah, right? That's not easy. You're probably wrapped up in it where it feels impossible to get out of. But I think that's an important reminder for everybody listening. If you've ever experienced anything like this, trust me, it's easier said than done, but it's a practice to know what works for you. Anything that comes up for you when I say that? Yeah, I completely agree. In hindsight, I wish I had like led with a little more self-compassion, a little more flexibility for myself. I think one of the other like bullets we're missing is like the bucket list course Mm. feeling and that like the idea of picking up on a hole at the old course is like, feels like it should be. Yeah, how could I? Totally. So it kind of felt like, no, I have to like live my way through this whole thing no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's, no, to- it's totally um, fair. Normal. It's fair. Yeah. But uh, in hindsight, like, did it matter if I would have picked up on one? I don't even know that I kept my score after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think, no. Now, I love what you said. And it's this thing where it's like, how can I just stop being miserable? And it's like, yeah, I, sometimes I ask my question, is it worth it that you're this miserable? And and if I can be a little less miserable, what is that going to take? Score might not be any good today, but what, and like uh, fries at the turn, right? Like <laughs> fries at the turn with dad at, at the, and Evan at the club. Like it's challenging though. It's so challenging, Yeah. but I think your next round, you're going to play great. You're going to be back to your old self, yeah. you know? <laughs> so we're going to finish with Tara like we finished with everybody, which is, is there anything we've talked about today that you think, and I want you talking directly to a listener that's gone through like a terrible day on the course or off the course. Is there anything we've talked about that you really want to say, you want to reiterate something, really hammer home. Okay. We said it, but I want really want to leave you with this. Or is there anything we didn't talk about today that you want to make sure they hear before we hop off the train? Yeah, I would say the thing that I'm walking away with is, you know, I've never been asked, why do you play or what do you love about the game? 
And so I think like asking yourself that, knowing that answer so that when you're in mm. one of those rounds, you can kind of pull yourself out and remind yourself of that. That's great. That's a good idea. And then just, of course, like leading with self-compassion, like when you're in those moments or like not playing your best, like just give yourself some love because yeah. you need it. <laughs> oh, and actually I lied. That's not the last thing. I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah. We both go to see the same coach, by the way, Sarm. Yeah. And she's had to work through a lot of stuff mentally with self-love, compassion, understanding. Because when you have a foot injury, every step is a reminder of the pain sure. that you feel. It's almost like this golf round was almost a reminder of the stuff that you've learned in life. Is there anything you learned from this round that you do in life that you would want to institute in your round or vice versa? Like, did it reinforce what you've been working on with our coach in life? Good question. I'm thinking for me, it's, it's kind of in line with what I said before around, you know, with each step, as much as each step is a reminder of the pain, it's also like a reminder of like needing to be there for yourself and just continuing that like self-compassion piece. Um, it's easy to like, let yourself spiral into the negative when like you're constantly being reminded of like what you're going through, but um, really looking to like pivot those thoughts and see like, Oh, instead of like allowing each step to be the negative, let's like allow each step to be the positive and have it be like a constant reminder to like continue to. You're walking. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking three months ago. I wasn't walking, you know? So it's focusing on the the wins, focusing on the gratitude. And Hey, I'm golfing three months ago. I wasn't golfing. Right. Hey, I made a bogey instead of a double. Yeah. We don't want bogeys, but it's, Hey, right. It's, it's stopping yourself to just take a deep breath. And like, Hey, we're living in Scotland. Give yourself, we're living in Scotland. Give yourself, we just, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of that that perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any last things from you, sir? No, I think this is great. I mean, I think it's, I think it's important that I think it's, it's important that we discuss this and to hear you kind of talk about your relationship with the game, why you play, dealing with adversity and then how you'll deal with it later on, you know, when, and, and hopefully the, the deck's not stacked against you, but I think it's pretty amazing. And I think a lot of people are going to really pull a lot of nuggets from this episode, Ev, because you've, you've already identified what you need to maybe do if you ever get caught in that situation again. Right. And, you know, let's just have a cart for 18 holes. That'd be nice too. You know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> These Europeans take the carts without a cart for a while. <laughs> but no, I think it's courageous you coming on, Tara, and I'm glad we had this conversation. Thanks. It was fun. Yeah, this was great. Well, if you guys liked this podcast, as always, give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hop aboard the YouTube channel at The Part Train, where we'll put these podcasts up on video as well as many other videos. Follow us at The Part Train, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and uh, hop aboard our email newsletter at thepartrain.com. You'll get first access to merchandise drops and a free email newsletter every Monday. So no matter if you're on the old course or Moroccan Country Club, if you're able to walk, if you're not and you're struggling with pain in your body, if the shot's going somewhere you're not used to seeing it, what do they got to do, Sarm? Just enjoy the ride and give yourself some love. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the ride. Bye.